0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.
1: With week six this weekend, the Jets and of course the Giants both with um some sizable challenges. Jets facing off against the Eagles and then the Giants and that Sunday night matchup against the Bills, which should be a, a real barn burner. And and look, at this point with the Giants season, I think we we know where we're at, and, and it certainly feels like after this week it'll be at, at one and five and and given with how non-competitive really the Giants have been, it, it's it's really kind of hard to draw up a scenario where they're going to be able to be competitive in this game, but we shall see. At the end of the day, it's it, that's on them. Um, but if if this season continues to go the way it looks like right now, and I know there's been a lot of conversation already about, oh, should they fire Brian Dable, or is Joe Shane's job in jeopardy? The... If you had just removed what happened last year. This year is what we kind of thought we were looking at last year. And you did not get yourself into this position in a year. Pro- it's been a series of bad coaches and bad GMs that has put you here. So it's going to take you a while to dig out. The only thing I would say, and we have plenty of time to uh, look ahead to the NFL draft. Boy, oh boy, this. Going to be plenty of conversation on that, and, and, and with this year being the year that likely Caleb Williams and uh, Drake May are, are, are going to be sitting at the top of the draft, quarterback, quarterback, there's going to be a lot of questions. Well, should the Giants take a quarterback? Is that what, If they have the worst record, clearly they're going to take a quarterback, but it might be in the, like you take a look around the league right now. And you take a look at the good teams, the Niners, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Lions, uh, maybe the Dolphins as well. Like, maybe this is the time where you have to kind of build it outside in rather than inside out. Like, And again, if they have the number one or number two pick, I'm sure that they're going to take a quarterback. And it, it is more quarterbacks than just those two guys. So maybe they'll end up taking a quarterback anyway but it's almost like you can't even evaluate the quarterback until you improve the other areas of the team. And maybe this is the year where if you look at this as not just a one-year rebuild kind of thing, you say, okay, this year and next year, are, we're going to have to work our way out of this. And it has to progress. I'm not saying you're, you're going to be terrible for the next two years. You hope that things are starting to turn around after this year and next year. But it's almost like you kind of have to build up the other aspects of the team so that when you do find a quarterback, at least you can fairly evaluate that quarterback. Like the Niners are being led by Brock Purdy, who was literally the last pick in the draft. Do you think that Brock Purdy could just be plucked out of that situation and thrown into another situation? No. It's based on what's around him. And I think the same thing, Jalen Hurts has looked like a, 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 a real franchise quarterback, but if he had been put in some other situation, are we, are we 100% confident he would be just as good? I think situation matters. And so, again, if the Giants are picking one or two, I'm sure they're going to pick a quarterback. But it's almost like that their plan moving forward has to be, hey, before we even get to the quarterback conversation, we got to put the other pieces around this because right now, whoever, Caleb Williams, Drake, May, whoever, uh, is not going to be able to succeed with it looking like this. That's for sure. All eight hundred nine one nine 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, one eight hundred nine we will go back to the phones. We'll go to uh, Fran is in Massapequa. Fran, what's going on?
0: My man, what's up, Gordon? How you doing, baby? I'm
1: good, Fran. What's going on, pal?
0: I love you, brother. Uh, listen, the bottom line is this. Can we get off of this Zach Wilson crap? Man, the guy's a bust. Exactly what you said. The guy cost me a fortune on Sunday. I had a $20, 18 parlay. Everything was in. I needed uh, the Wilson receiver to get four more yards, and I needed uh, Zach Wilson to have 10 more yards, all right? And the guy in the first half couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. The guy's an absolute bum. I should have won the bet easily. The bottom line is this guy is a stiff. I'm putting money on the line. I gave the guy a shot. He's completely a bum. He's a bust. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. He was really good in Kansas City. He sucks. Daniel Jones has to be, like you said, situational. He'll never win on this team because he doesn't have the right tools and the people around him. The bottom line is this. Look at a team like San Francisco. They got crushed. One of the most colossal dis- uh, trades they had ever. The Trey Lance was a bust, a flop but they survive because good management, good coaching. That's what you need. Don't you see it, people? When when you have five, six, seven years of losing, that's where it comes from, the top. It comes from the top.
1: Yeah. No, I, well, look, Fran, I, I wouldn't say that uh, – I, I, here's the thing. I, I likely agree with you on Zach Wilson, but that one performance against Kansas City – was so so much an outlier that it feels like, well, may, maybe it is in there. May, can, they, can they figure out a way to, to get it out again? Um, because he is going to be the quarterback here the rest of the way, no matter how it goes. Uh, and unfortunately, if it goes really poorly uh, this weekend against Philadelphia, I think you're going to be back to hearing all those stories about the locker room and frustration and all those type of things. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you take a look at, at like a team like the Lions, when the Lions kind of re- going through this, the, like their most recent rebuild, and they got Jared Goff, I don't think that they got Jared Goff thinking he was their long-term solution at quarterback, but it allowed them to, to to get a bunch of draft picks to to kind of build up the rest of the team. And I do think it matters. Like we we look at these quarterbacks coming out as these finished products, and they're not. It, it is tied to coaching, its situation, all those type of things. And and Patrick Mahomes, he walked. it, He's another one, perfect example. And not just being able to sit for the, like the first year, it was that when he he came into a, a playoff team already. And I mean, the Gettleman years, we all talk about how bad it was, and it boy oh boy, it was bad. I mean, t- talk about delusional. Last year was so good, there were actually people having conversations. You know, maybe Gettleman wasn't so bad. He left us a lot of pieces. No, he was that bad, and they were. They didn't have a lot of talent, and they were capped out. Somehow, he was able to manage both of those things, winning four or five games a year, and they're up against the salary cap. Hard to do. Let's go out to. Uh, let's see. here, Mitch is in East Windsor. Mitch, what's going on?
2: Yeah, how do you doing, um, yeah, you know, besides the you know, the quarterback, I think both these teams are going to be looking for a, for the tanking. I think that at this rate, the Jets and the Broncos are going to have. A, best chance for all these quarterbacks but i'm most disappointed that the giants i uh, think it's uh, what are you thinking uh? thanks for
1: taking the call uh you're most upset what was he what did he say i couldn't understand what he said was it about the offensive line yeah i mean the offensive line it looks it's like comical uh it was comical against uh the seahawks and i just don't think that they have i mean they are banged up against the off uh, along the offensive line and you know, not having the the left tackle, not having the center, it wasn't good. Even <clears throat> if those guys had been there, and I'm not sure. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure that it would be it would be functional, uh, but it would certainly be improved. It wouldn't look like this at this point. It's uh, it's almost like uh, lambs to the slaughter at this point. I saw numbers uh, uh, about like the the Pro Football Focus had graded the the Giants' offensive line, and like every single um guy along the line was like either he wasn't the worst but he was like the third worst out of like all the the different positions so um no i, I he, quarterbacks have to be able to function with 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 a with a an offensive line that might not be perfect, but there's no quarterback that could succeed it, it's 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 pointless to even kind of judge it at this point based on how bad it is so uh, this week, it'll be Tyrod Taylor. We'll see if you get Daniel Jones back uh, in a week. But at this point, th- there's no one that could succeed. I mean, again, is is Daniel Jones blameless? No, but you show me a quarterback who would be able to function and not have, like, PTSD based on how quickly the defenders are getting in there from basically every It's not like they're just coming from one spot. They're coming from everywhere, and they're getting home almost instantly. Let's go out to uh, Dave in uh, New Milford. Dave, next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
3: Hey, Gordon. How are you doing this morning? What's going on, Dave? Uh, same old. Uh, just uh, before I get to my point, I just want to go off of what you're saying with the quarterbacks. Um, old saying I like to say is you can't buy the sports car without the garage. I feel like the Giants right now, uh, they're going through, I think, the Jets, when they drafted Darnold, they didn't have a garage at all. And even with Wilson, I think it was a half-built garage with you know, young coaches and young players. So uh, that's something I think these teams need to start realizing. Got to build up the team first before you get that luxury pick.
1: Um, yeah, I, I will say point. though. I mean, the, both the Jets and the Giants. It's not like they have ignored the offensive line. They have poured resources into it, but it just it has not uh, it has not paid dividends for sure.
3: Yeah, it just hasn't worked out. But uh, with the Jets tomorrow, man, I just think uh, you know I saw two different sides of the Jets these last two weeks uh, against the Chiefs. I feel like you know they knew. They were going to a rough spot. They played freely, and I feel like Zach played freely, and you saw some good things. And last week, yeah, it was a win, and I'll always take a win no matter what. But I just feel like they were uptight. I think they were playing not to lose. And that doesn't work all the time. You know, Luckily, you know, Russell Wilson fumbled the ball. Sean Payton ate his humble pie. But I feel like going into tomorrow, Hackett's just got to open it up, play freely, don't get uptight, especially in the red zone let them throw on first down, get close to the two or the one, and then, you know, run the ball with Brees Hall. And then defensively, we got to come out stronger. You know, this is a good defense, but in the first quarter, I'm screaming at them all the time, what are they doing? They're overrated. They pick it up at the end, but they got to bring that mojo from the jump, especially tomorrow. DJ reads out, sauce is sick. They're really going to have to bring it, or or it could be ugly. Uh, Thank you, Gordon. I appreciate Uh, it. Have a great day. Yeah.
1: Well, look, Dave, I mean – it, it, this idea, though, it's all well and good for us to say, well, they got to open it up. They got to trust in Zach. They know Zach better than we do. They see Zach more than we do. And there's a re if they're doing this, there's a reason for it. And again, I I get it. That Chiefs performance, they did come out aggressive, and, and he looked really, really good. Um, and maybe they'll find themselves in the same kind of situation uh, on Sunday. They'll find the same situation tomorrow when when. If they fall behind early, they fall behind in these games quite often, and maybe they will open it up at that point and 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 allow Zach to to throw the ball. But this idea that well they they got to be aggressive, if that doesn't work and it goes the way they think it might go, we're not going to say well they weren't going to win the game anyway. Ah, I don't blame them. They had the truck. No, trust me, we'll still blame them. We will absolutely still blame them. It, it's based on you have to. I don't know necessarily. This is not a must-win game by any stretch of the imagination. It would be a, a tough one to pull off against a team that's not lost so far this year, and one of the one of the organizations that just seems like they just do it the right way. They they they, they got a great offensive line. They got great skill position players. Their quarterback is really good. Their defense is really good. Um, so it's going to be a tough spot to to find yourself in. But to think that the key is, hey, you just got to trust Zach. They know what they're dealing with, and there's a reason why. That they didn't put that game plan in first and then work backwards. They know what they're dealing with, and that's why they have the game plan that they do. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Now, we won't bring back poop rankings this week, but I did want to take a look at, as we head into week six, there are, I would say, what, like seven teams that would, if if Caleb Williams is going to be everything that people make it out to be, then the the race is kind of on to to see who's going to land him. And there are seven teams right now. Uh, Carolina's 0-5, but their pick is going to Chicago. But based on, you know, it's going to be based on their, Carolina's record, not Chicago. Chicago's in the mix as well at 1-4. Denver's 1-5 now. Minnesota's 1-4. Patriots are 1-4. Giants are 1-4. Arizona's 1-4. So of those teams, if you had to rank them right now, who do you think has the inside track at getting the number one overall pick. Well, you'd have to say Chicago because they've got two shots at it. But I would say in terms of the Bears, it does seem like that maybe they're starting to come out of how poorly they played uh, to start the year. And certainly Justin Fields has looked a little better here the last couple of weeks. So maybe they have a couple of, uh, of signs of life. Minnesota is one and four. and They just lost just Justin Jefferson. So there's a the possibility that now kind of the, the, the downward spiral has begun for them. But I think that they, too, they weren't as good as what their record was last year. But I don't think that they're now one of the worst teams in the sport. So I would take them uh, out of the mix. Arizona's defense has got awful. uh, So I could see them. They've been competitive so far. But you you sometimes see teams that are competitive early on. You're like, oh, you know, they're not as bad as we thought they were. And then by the time you get to week seven, week eight, oh, no, they're exactly who we thought they were. Because then the injuries mount and it starts to get away from them. So I would say if you had to look at those seven teams, I would put Arizona in there clearly. Denver would have to be in there. They just look completely inept. And Chicago's in there. And I think you'd have to say the Giants are in there. Just in terms of a talent question, I know the good news if you're a Giant fan, if you're really looking for silver linings, is that the Giants are ridiculously young. So hopefully it's not as bad as it seems right now, and hopefully soon they'll be healthier than they are right now, and then maybe you can have a, a, a better judge uh, of where they're at, or, or maybe not a better judge, but um, things aren't as negative as they seem right now. But if you had to, to rank those teams, even as an optimistic giant fan, I don't think you could go any worse than, than four or five in terms of where they're going to be picking to the NFL draft. Right. Carolina, I don't know how many games they're going to win this year. So, OK, fine. They might be they might be in that that top five. Denver, I would think, is a pretty good shot there as well. And if you throw in Arizona, New England, the giant. I mean, yeah, you're you're talking about a, a top five pick. And um, that's probably in if you're if you're trying to take something out of this year, having a really high pick for the Giants is probably the best you can hope for right now because there is a, a lot of work to do, and um, you're not going to get – teams in the NFL don't get out of the position the Giants find themselves in by going out and, and, and spending in free agency. It has to come through the draft. And um, so maybe having one of those top five picks, and as we mentioned before, um, the, the fact you, – you might look at say, oh, if they could just get one of those quarterbacks, those two quarterbacks. If it is true that those quarterbacks go one-two, has there ever been a time where two quarterbacks have gone one-two and both guys have been good? I don't think so. Like, who are the guys who, who went one? You had you had uh, Mariota and and Jameis the one year. Clearly, you had uh, the, the Manning and Ryan Leaf one year. Like, it never turns out that both guys are good. And I know that we'll spend from now until kingdom come talking about. Oh no, these. It's amazing. We focus so much of our and, – and there's far, far more people know far more about quarterbacks than I do. But it's clear that nobody knows anything. Like, who, I, no matter how much you study now, how much you know, nobody really knows anything. So I, I'm sure from now until the draft it will be about Caleb Williams and Drake May and both these – oh, this, this guy, this, there's no flaws. It's perfect. Trust me. History shows you that both guys being really good, being all pro kind of players, probably not going to turn out that way. If it does, it would be the first time that has ever happened. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, what I learned this week on TikTok. It's next on the Gordon Damer Show, right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's impossible.
1: I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend. So I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Oh, people. You know what we were talking there before about has have quarterbacks ever gotten one-two and both guys been good? I forgot! Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. What was I thinking? Sometimes the most obvious one just kind of slips your mind. All right, so you know that music, it means uh, what I learned this week on TikTok. What does that mean? Well, I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned such interesting but yet completely useless information. Just a haven for useless information. So what I've done is I've crafted a little segment that we call What I Learned This Week on TikTok. Give some uh, air time to the people who work on the show today. Joe and Julian are both working. Harvey has bailed on the show already. You always know the guys who bail first. But we will give them four pieces of information, one of which is completely true. The, th- the other three pieces of information, are things I've just made up, are completely not true, and they have to figure out what I actually learned this week on TikTok. Very simple. You can play at home. Uh, Who's going first today, boys? Joe, Julian, good morning. We've not really got a chance to talk on the air just yet. How's everybody feeling today?
4: Good morning, Gordon. You know, pretty well. Uh, Is it raining? Because that's the one thing that I don't know. There's no windows. So,
1: yes, the answer is yes. Uh, That's
4: very true. Yeah. Uh, I'll be batting leadoff today.
1: How's that? Say again?
4: I said I'll be batting leadoff today.
1: All right, here we go. Very interesting week. Number one. The game hide-and-seek led to refrigerators becoming magnetic. Number two, the creator of the game Super Mario named him Mario after his own plumber, Mario Sigali. Number three, three of the millionaires on the show Shark Tank once invested in a company called Elephant Chat, which essentially was a stuffed elephant in a glass box that couples would use when arguing so that they could talk about the elephant in the room it sold for hundred and fifty dollars or number four according to movieline.com keanu reeves is credited with the most kills in the history of movies so again number one the game hide and seek led to refrigerators become magnetic Number two, the creator of Super Mario created, uh, or, excuse me, named Mario after his own plumber, Mario Segale. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. S-E-G-A-L-E. Number three, three of the millionaires on Shark Tank, for some reason, once invested in a company called Elephant Chat, which was essentially a stuffed elephant in a glass box that couples would use when arguing so they could talk about the elephant in the room. The product sold for $150. Uh, Number four... According to MovieLine.com, Keanu Reeves is credited with uh, the most kills in the history of movies. Last week we had uh, Who Cursed the Most in Movies. Today we got Who Kills the Most in Movies. All right, so there you go, my friends.
4: Oh, boy. This one, I I think we say this every week, but this one just gets really difficult. I'm going to. Rule out the Keanu Reeves just because that Course seems it. like something you would play up because we sure. did the, the the cursing last mm-hmm. week.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I just like that Super Mario is actually named after a real person. Okay. So uh, I will lock that one in.
1: All right, lock it in. No, that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. He did name him after a real person, but it was his landlord. They were creating the game, and the landlord came in, came in yelling about the, uh, the rent not being paid, so they named that guy. Uh, that guy's name was Mario Segal, uh, and um, they named him after his, uh, his uh, real estate agent, or his landlord. Excuse me, landlord. So, no, that is not correct. He did not name him after his plumber.
4: Perhaps the most famous landlord in yeah. history.
1: Video game history, for sure. Let me All right, so to recap, you got uh, the game hide-and-seek led to refrigerators becoming magnetic. The one about uh, the elephant chat, which was uh, an elephant. For some reason, millionaires investing in that. Or number now three, according to movieline.com, Keanu Reeves credited with the most kills in
4: the history of movies. I'm going to go uh, number one with hide-and-seek and magnetic fridges, just because really? that seems like a, a hazard. I'll, okay. I'll lock that one in.
1: Lock it in. Yes, that's absolutely true. Originally, refrigerators had like a door you could only open from the outside, but uh, the game hide-and-seek, a lot of kids were uh, hiding in fridges and having problems. So, they, yeah, that's why they led it the, to uh, the magnetic door as opposed to something you could easily push your way out of. So very good, Joe. Nice job there. One for two. Julian, my friend, uh, back just when you thought you could avoid what I learned on TikTok. Harvey Cruises has really put it on you. All right. Uh, Number one. One of the longest articles on Wikipedia is titled Six Degrees of Pikachu. And one of the largest contributors to that article is the actor Shia LaBeouf. Number two. America's first astronauts launched into space with rectal thermometers in place. Number three. Starfish have blood inside them. Or number four, owls cannot be strangled. Really wide-ranging topics here. Number one, the longest one of the longest articles on Wikipedia is titled Six Degrees of Pikachu. And the largest, or one of the largest contributors is the actor Shia LaBeouf. Number two, America's first astronauts launched into space with rectal thermometers in place. Number three, starfish have blood inside them. Or number four, owls cannot be strangled. I'm out of a loop. Alright. It's been a while since you played the game.
5: What do you mean starfish have blood? Don't all animals have blood? Well now makes me confused.
1: Yeah. Well I, I mean if you looked at a starfish, you know, you might think it's it's like water based or something like that.
5: I think just gonna go with uh astronauts the first astronauts astronauts.
1: lost into space with 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 uh, rectal thermometers in place all right um i like how you said i I think i'll just go with the astronauts one yes that is absolutely correct yes uh, that was a strange little fact i learned this week but yeah that 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 takeoff was was something there all right uh they eventually got rid of that luckily for the astronauts i think all right so moving on this last one, we, we, we reverse it. We reverse engineer it. Instead of three lies and one true, it's three truths and one lie. So now this time you have to spot the lie. And you guys have done very well so far. This segment is flying by, not the way I intended it. But here we go. Number one, Jim Harbaugh has more rushing yards in his career than Bo Jackson. Number two, cocaine was such a huge factor for Fleetwood Mac in their making of the the album Rumors that their drug dealer is actually listed in the album credits. Number three, turkeys are cannibals. Or number four, you cannot buy live tuna. So again, to recap again, Jim Harbaugh, more rushing yards than Bo Jackson. Number two, cocaine was such a huge factor for Fleetwood Mac's album. Rumors that the drug dealer is credited on the album. Number three, turkeys or cannibals. Or number four, you cannot buy live tuna.
4: Wow. Um, I think, personally, I think the uh, the Harbaugh one is, is not right. Just because I'm a Michigan fan, I feel like I would know that. Okay. Um. Well, that's what you're looking for here You're looking for the lot Yeah But also, pretty sure you could buy Live tuna Okay Give me that uh, I don't think turkeys are cannibals I okay. will lock that one in
1: You're going to lock in turkeys are uh, cannibals Alright, uh, Julian, uh, any strong feelings here After uh, nailing it your first go around?
5: My strong feeling was the turkey one.
1: Okay, well, you certainly can still pick that if you if you choose.
5: Yeah, I'm gonna change it up. Normally, pick a different one. I'll I'll agree with you. All right. Turkeys. Okay.
1: No, that is true. Turkeys, uh, they're a wild. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll eat the turkey while it's still alive. Uh, so uh, yeah, no turkeys are cannibals. It's not that one. So now you're down to Jim Harbaugh more rushing yards than Bo Jackson. Number two, uh, and that's NFL career, NFL career, not high school or college. Uh, number two, cocaine, such a huge factor for Fleetwood Mac, the drug dealer, is it listed on the album credits? Or number now three, you cannot buy live tuna.
4: Give me the tuna. I, I just That just seems really odd to me that that would okay. be actually right. a truth, right. so I'll lock that one in. All right.
1: Julian, are uh, you going to stick with Joe here? Are you going to go your own way?
4: I'm going to
5: go my own way, but not with Fleetwood Mac. Uh, okay. I'll go with uh, Jim Harbaugh.
1: Jim Harbaugh. All right. Locked in. You're both wrong. No, Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. does have more career rushing yards than that Bo Jackson. That is
4: incorrect.
1: And you cannot buy live tuna. Apparently, tuna, like as soon as you pull them out of the water, they drop dead. So it's, it's like, and they're, they're gigantic, too. So it's, they're, it's not exactly like you can plop them in the, the fish tank at home. So that's also a factor. But mostly, they are not very durable fish when they're out of war. They die basically right away. Uh, no, the lie here was that, uh, that, now Fleetwood Mac apparently did think about crediting their drug dealer, but they never actually went through with it. So that is the lie. Cocaine was such a huge factor in Fleetwood Mac's album, the rumors that they... Could. Exactly. And that, my friends, is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, in this segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. one 800 919 Coming up, we'll get back to the NFL in week six. But did everybody notice how Steinbrenner had some things to say this week? Don't know if you got to see those, but if you did, well, let me just put it this way. I saw them, and I got some thoughts on it coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking a lot of football
1: on this uh, Saturday morning as we get ready for uh, the barn burner of a weekend, especially with that uh, giant game against the, the Buffalo Bills, which, again, you never like to say never. Uh you never like to say anybody has zero chance it is the NFL on any given sunday uh, it feels like there is i would not say a 0% chance but whatever the lowest percentage is of one team beating another that's what the giants are this week uh, with the the buffalo bills and uh, having that on a sunday night boy wait it all you waited all day for this that seems like a mistake but i did want to just take a, a couple of minutes to uh, to Discuss some other things because this week, uh, of course, the the baseball playoffs are rolling on. The Braves were ousted in just um, incredible fashion with the the way that whole series went down with the Phillies. But also this week, Hal Steinbrenner came out and had um, some things to say, was speaking at a a forum uh, about uh, business and all that type of stuff. And certainly the questions about the team and changes, there's been lots of speculation, right? With the way the season went, with the way the season was looking, there's been reports of there's going to be all these changes that take place. But what changes? Because it seems pretty clear the entire time. Brian Cashman's not going anywhere. And it certainly seems like Aaron Boone's not going anywhere. So uh, Hal Steinbrenner was asked about the changes, and he said that, quote, we're going to be making some changes. Some may be more subtle than others, but I think we've uncovered certainly things that we can do better. Now, they got together uh, with the team officials. I think it was 15 team officials uh, in Florida. And he went on to say, I want to, when when he met with those people, I want to challenge everything, all of our philosophies, all of our practices. But most importantly, in a respectful way, I want you to challenge each other. I want you to critique each other. Check your egos at the door. He continued, at times it got a little dicey but it was respectful the entire time. And there wasn't one stone we left unturned from health of the team to what we're doing in the clubhouse, clubhouse culture, what we do in the weight room, analytics, pro scouting, biomechanics. Is there enough communication between everyone? When asked during the panel discussion what changes he contemplated, Steinbrenner said, possibly personnel, but not necessarily personnel. This is where the narrator comes in and says, it wasn't going to be personnel. It could be practices. It could be the way people communicate when we bring up a young minor leaguer up to the major league level. Are the major league coaches talking enough to player development and vice versa? Are the major league coaches really getting into reading a lot of research? Because we do note as these kids go from one level to the next, what's being worked on? What are the weaknesses are? What are the strengths are? Have you ever heard a, a bigger bunch of word salad mumbo-jumbo in your life? Just I, I, It's just gibberish. Well, they were talking about the biometrics in the weight room. Did you have any conversations about getting better players? Did that topic ever come up? <laughs> can, you, can you imagine being in that meeting and the GM has had as bad a run over a two-year period as you could have? The Donaldson trade, Montas, Rodon being a disaster, Bader trade – Thrown away at bat after at bat on Aaron Hicks, who went nowhere. No, Having so few healthy outfielders that IKF is forced to be your, your most regular outfield. Willie Calhoun and Frenchie Cordero and, and, and Jake Bowers. And we're interviewing the weight room guys? Hey, weight room. Hey, what, what do we do in the weight room? What, what can we do weightlifting-wise? I don't know. I don't think it's the weightlifting. And here's the thing. How doesn't speak all that often. I guess he speaks more than, than some owners. But however often he speaks or doesn't speak, it's clear you can't take him at his word. And I don't even know what half those words even mean. Like you, you, oh, you, you overturned everything. We did everything we could. Did you, though? Did you? You sure about that? Like that mean? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Because he'll say, on one hand, our goal every year is to win the World Series. That's what he said in that interview with, with the K show back, what was that, June, July, whenever that was? And during that interview, he also said, well, if we miss the playoffs, he's gonna, he is going to ask some tough questions. But then during that interview, he says, uh, it got a little dicey, but it was respectful. What, what, happened to the, what happened to the tough questions? What happened to the difficult questions? Oh, we're going to really. It's just more of the same. And you just can't really rely on uh, on what Hal tells you. So, uh, you know, when it, there was that report about the outside audit, well, whatever happened with that it doesn't seem like anything happened with that last off season when they signed Rodon. We're not done yet. <coughs> Excuse me, I had a little sneeze there. So you really can't believe what Hal says. So these latest round of comments, I. I don't really necessarily understand what he's trying to get across but it doesn't really, he, it, the good news is it doesn't really matter what he says what he says doesn't really matter because he the one thing that he can do is he can simply throw money at the problem and they haven't done that that's part of the problem is last offseason it was clear they needed to have some pretty major upgrades but based on what the budget was and what they had to spend they could do one big move it was Rodon and it was a disaster So I I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what he says. But what he says, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're maybe maybe the, the most obvious thing is the right thing. So maybe it's not about clubhouse culture or analytics or pro scouting or all those different areas. Maybe you just need someone better to be making the decisions for the organization. So when you say that you left every stone unturned, it's kind of hard to believe that when all the reports were that removing Brian Cashman as the, the GM was never on the table. So those two, things can, those two things cannot both be true. You can't say we looked under every rock, but then, well, we also didn't evaluate whether or not we should move off the GM. And it seems pretty clear at this point The person who's most responsible for where you find yourself is the GM. But yet that was never apparently on the table. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Let's go to Danny on Long Island. Danny, what's going on?
2: You know, through my sources, I actually have information as to how that meeting went. They brought in in the uh, outside thing. They had a big roundtable discussion. They all walked into house office. They sat around. They opened up their big, thick book, and they said, point number one, John, John Carlos Stanton can't run. That's the first thing we've discovered. Point number two, Rodan stinks. Okay? Three, LeMayu, old, stinks. Like, what, what were they expecting the, the, the audit to find out? That they're using too much mustard at the concession stands? They signed players that stink. The contracts stink. The pitcher stinks. His mustache is great, but he's not a professional. You know, one—I don't understand the whole. We have to come and have people look at what we're doing wrong. You're signing the wrong players. You need to—you need to have an outside agency come in at millions of dollars to tell you that—that's the answer to your problem right there. You're signing the wrong players. You, you believe in cybermetrics, whatever it's called. This is what you do. How? Have the guys put together whatever they want to put together and then slide the book under the manager's door, and under no circumstances is anybody from the general manager's office ever to tell a manager who to play or when to play. That's what you have to remove from baseball. The fact that a guy gets three hits one night, and then some guy with a, with a, with a protractor tells the manager he should have today off because he's played five games in a row, and the manager has to listen to it, take a guy out of the lineup who just had a three-hit game. That's the nonsense that has to end. Other than that, sign the right players, and you will win baseball games. End of audit.
1: Yeah, uh, well, look, uh, Danny, thanks for the phone call. Um, yeah, sometimes it just comes back to, like, the, the person who's actually in charge. And there's nobody that's more in charge uh, than than Brian Cashman. And and it, it shouldn't really be all that shocking. The, the The one thing that's been shocking here the last couple of years for the Yankees was the start that they got off to a year ago. Not this year, but the when they got off to that ridiculous start and people were comparing, oh, is this team as good as the 98 team? That was the outlier. Not, not the, 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 the way that the, the second half of last season went or really the way that this season went. And, and look, there are moves that you make that sometimes don't work out, like the uh, the Andrew Benatendi trade that they made. I wasn't a huge fan of it at the time, but guy makes a guy is trying to make a play in the outfield, breaks his wrist. You have it in. way it goes. Uh, sometimes these things can't be helped, but a lot of those things on the list, they were kind of foreseeable before you made the trade. And, and it almost feels like sometimes the Yankees are like, well, we don't have to do what everybody thinks we have to do because we're so smart. We can do something else and it'll be just as good. And I think that, that that's why they got into the situation with Stanton. Like everybody knew and they, they made the Stanton move before they, before, um, Bryce Harper became a free agent, but I think that it, it was clear, hey, Bryce Harper grew up a Yankee fan, generational talent. He's going to be a free agent in a couple of years. Would seem like Yankee Stadium, the perfect fit for a lefty hitter. And after they, they lost out on Otani, they wanted to make a big move, and Stanton was available, so that's why they went down that road. Uh, and it was never a move that, to me, was one that. that's what you need to add. You need to add another right-handed hitting slugger who is, is primarily, he's just going to hit home runs, which is great. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of home runs. I, tip, I bring up all the time that, you know, the importance of home runs in the postseason every single year. Uh, so, but that was one that you could see that that was not the right move. Uh, and there's been more and more of those here the last few years. The Donaldson trade never made sense at the time to, make, to be taking on $50 million with Josh Donaldson so you simply could get IKF playing him at shortstop when he wasn't a shortstop. The Montage trade, oh, he's just as good as Luis Castillo. No, he's not. And and the Rodon one, I did not think that he would stink as bad as he did, but the injury thing was completely foreseeable. A guy who's constantly hurt with every injury known to man coming off a career high in innings pitched and strikeouts. So you can, you can look around, oh, wow, why are we in the position that we're in? Is it, is it uh, the, 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 the weight room? Is it the, the biometrics? Is it the, yeah, the analytics? It's the GM. That's the. That's the. So if you want to leave no stone unturned, go to the stone that's the office of the GM and, th- and then maybe have a conversation. one 800 espn is the telephone number. Let's go to Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend? Gordon,
5: we have no compelling NFL games tomorrow. Nothing. Not one game can I say i really looking forward to that game. None. That's bad. And college football today, maybe possibly USC, Notre Dame, but Notre Dame isn't that good. I like the quarterback. That's about it. But there's nothing on. Yesterday's game was good, the Colorado or Stanford game. But with all the college slate, not one really compelling game, except for tonight, the uh, USC. So I guess baseball has it made tomorrow, Saturday, and Monday. You know, they, they got it to themselves. I don't
1: know. know. I think there's some compelling games this week. I think Bengals-Seahawks is compelling. Um, the, the, obviously, the Sean Hawks way to watch that crushes game? the Browns. Not, what's that? You would go out of your way to watch that game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah? I, I, right. I, like, I don't have anything to watch it at, at 1 o'clock by oh, the local you team. So, so, yeah, I would go out of my way. And, and I'll be honest with you, to me, Patriots-Raiders, while it's not a good game, I find that game kind of interesting. And I find Colts-Jaguars right. kind of interesting. All
5: right, okay, if you say. Okay, Gordon, uh, I'll give you a fact that all your baseball experts that you can have on today won't give you. All right. I'll give it to you right now. All right.
1: all right. We're not going to have any baseball experts. M- on, but M- go, go ahead. If you did. Mookie okay. Betts.
5: Uh-huh. Ronald Acuna.
1: Uh-huh.
5: And okay. Kyle Schwarber.
1: Uh-huh.
5: They are all leadoff hitters, correct? Yes. What else do they have in common? They all drove in 100 runs. Okay. Okay. Combined, during the the, uh, postseason, how many Mm -hmm. runs batted in did these three have?
1: One? Zero. Zero, okay.
5: Zero. I find that unbelievable. Uh, You know, Cashman, this looks great for the Yankees, what's happening in the playoffs, because it's a dictum of what they've been saying all along. The playoffs is a crapshoot, or are a crapshoot. That's just what it is. You have no idea. I think Major League Baseball loves it. I don't think they should change a thing because people are talking about it. This is fantastic. People are saying three out of the four teams sitting there, having a week off, get their pitching order in, uh, in, in lined up, have the home field advantage, have the other team use their best pitches already, and still they couldn't win. How can you talk about something more equality than that?
1: You know? Well, look, Richard, thanks for the phone call. I, I mean – it's true that now with all the different teams making it in the, the the main goal is hey just get in uh that's the only thing that's important because whatever advantages are given to you as a division winner it really doesn't matter much because you're playing these short series that that's the problem you're playing short series best of 5 series where you, you have to the, the strength of baseball is the large sample size they had the the one regular season that really mattered before they started allowing all these baseball teams to get in The problem for the Yankees and why it doesn't look good for the Yankees is, yes, you just want to get in, but they make it out like what they're doing is built for the regular season. Well, it's kind of hard to say what you do is built for the regular season when you've won two division titles in, 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 what, a decade? I think they've won two division titles in 10 years. So if they had been the Dodgers, they can at least hold their hat on. Hey, we win the division every single year. It's not worked out for us in the playoffs because the playoffs are a crapshoot. Okay, fine. But you you have mastered the regular season, which is what what's within your control. Building a team or the Braves with the, with the way they've kind of gone out here the last couple of years. This year, oh my God, what a disaster that was! They were the one team that you could say to to cap off this year has to win a World Series and and weren't able to do that. So. Uh, But the Yankees, that's not the case. They don't win the division every single year. They've won it twice in in a decade. And so you don't get to fall back on, hey, the baseball playoffs are a crapshoot. You just have to get in. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, what's up, my friend?
6: Good morning, Gordon. Shout out to the company. I've come here to apologize to you, Gordon. Rightfully so.
1: Why? What did you do?
6: OK, on Thursday, remember when I called called mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. I and I and I thought you were kind of crazy when you were talking about all these, you know, jet fans and callers and, you know, people in the media saying that we had a chance at the playoffs with Zach Wilson and you were right. They were overreacting. And I but I didn't think it was cr- the, the, the I didn't think that the outcry was so crazy until I started hearing callers call in on Friday. And uh, all day on Friday and all the Zach truthers came out of nowhere. And I just I, I was just like, wow, you know, okay. what? Gordon is right. And yep. I was just like, oh, shoot, because I, I and his thing. You, you know me where I feel on this. I, I, I don't hate the kid because at the end of the day, if he succeeds, that means the Jets succeed. But if I know that this is a situation that's going to be a failure, I'm not going to just go out there and be delusional and think that, you know, this ain't going to, you know, all of a sudden be sunshines, rainbows, and candy corns. Cause that's not, this, he, he, he's just not there yet. Hopefully, you know, he gives us a good consistent game against the Eagles before we can, you know, possibly end this, you know, 0 for 12 streak that we have against them. So, We'll see how that turns out. But I came here to apologize because Well look, were, Jose, right. we're,
1: we're up and against the clock. Done. So I, I appreciate the, uh, the apology. Uh, yeah. Because again, uh, coming off that performance in Denver, you would have based on the reaction and maybe the fact that J- the Jets won the game, it seems like people, well, Zach was able to build on his performance against the. No, he did not have a good game uh, against the Broncos. Now he didn't kill you. You were able to win the game. But it wasn't because of Zach Wilson, and again, had two mind-boggling plays in that where the coaching staff has to be thinking to themselves, what was he doing there? And it's not a great sign moving forward against an Eagles team this week. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up next, we have our picks for week six in the NFL. We'll do it right here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.